0: Everyone, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society, and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear maintenance techniques, education, and so much more with our varying form guests. So, thank you for joining us today. On our podcast today, we have the missing link of our Alberta-based Take It to the Track series in the CMDRA. For those who don't know what that stands for, it's the Canadian Motorcycle Drag Racing Association, and we have President Carl Mills with us. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be on.
0: So how long have you been the president of the CMDRA? I used to be hooked in so long ago, and now all of a sudden I'm all disconnected.
1: I've been a director for five, six years probably, and this year is my first year being the president.
0: How's that going for you? So far, so good. It's been, <laughs> it's been good.
1: It's been a little challenge. There were, there were three of us directors that carried on. Uh, Four step down for this year. So,
0: oh, that that makes it that challenging. Makes it a Yeah, yeah, exactly. How long have you been involved with drag racing?
1: Uh, I started when I was 16 doing Friday night street drags with with my car. And then at 19, I got my first Harley and went to the CMDRA and started in their street class racing that
0: well let's get into classes there's a lot of them i did a whole series of writing about cmdary many many moons ago for somebody else um let's kind of break down how many classes are there and what does that entail
1: right now we have nine active classes we have one class that's not big enough so they've chose to run with the pro extreme bikes uh, so that would make 10 classes and, then we have, I guess, three pro class. We have three pro classes. Um, we have two index classes and then a bunch of bracket classes. So three classes.
0: Perfect. Tell me what a pro class is. I'm assuming that's pro drag, pro fuel, top fuel.
1: Uh, Pro class is heads up racing, so it's, yeah. So we have Pro Drag, uh, Top Fuel at some events, we have um, V Pro and Pro Extreme, and, and sometimes Pro Street if they can stand on their own, but they've been choosing to run with the Pro Extremes. Um, you get a cl- You get a set of rules, to build your bike within and it's fastest person wins.
0: So there's no time. Yeah. No delay at the start line. The tree goes and you both take off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's whoever, whoever brought enough within that rule package to, to win.
0: And then indexing, explain that one for us. What are index classes?
1: So index classes are a bridge between pro and bracket racing. They help keep a little bit of cost out of it because you can only build a bike to go so fast. So we have an 8.88 second class and then a 9.7 second uh, Harley only class class.
0: What happens if you go faster? Then you break out and
1: you lose. Same as bracket (laughs) racing. So if if you go faster than that index time and your competitor goes slower, then uh, then you lose.
0: So it's like the price is right, closest to without going over.
1: Correct. (laughs) But you leave at the same time. Everybody leaves the starting line at the same time as we're bracket racing you give a time you get you give a time that you want to that you think your bike can cover the track in and then your start times are staggered so if one person can run 10 seconds and one person can run 12 seconds there's a 2 second delay from when you start and then you cross the finish line at the, at the same time
0: I have watched that, and for a while, it took me a bit to wrap my head around it until somebody <laughs> explained it to me, and I'm like, "Well, that makes sense." Because I'm like, "Why is that Harley going up against that Hayabusa? That makes zero sense at all." <laughs> you know, one obviously is way faster than the other. Um, what class do you participate? Yeah. Yes. For the most part, yeah. What class <laughs> do you participate in? <laughs> Uh,
1: so, I race in Pro Extreme. I race in V Pro, Crazy Eights, and Super Gas.
0: So, Pro Street is running with Pro Extreme. Um, is Ethan Barkley still racing? Because was he not Pro Street?
1: He is not. He's taken the last two seasons off.
0: Wow! Um, So it's opened up a little bit for people that's actually not a bad thing sorry Ethan if you're listening but (laughs) (laughs) give someone a chance yeah (laughs) you can only be like the champion so many years in a row before maybe people stop or start losing interest right but well (laughs) it's nice to see that the competition's opened up. Yeah, he definitely held held the helm there for quite a few years.
1: <laughs> but but and we do have—he's talented, like, so. But Rob Rob Ashton is now faster on Canadian soil than Ethan has been. Oh, good, so good for him. Have, we do have some pro streets stepping up their game big time in, in Canada here.
0: That's awesome. I remember watching Ethan and Rob going back and forth head to head and and I yeah, I I cheer for the underdogs. I like them. So I'm glad Rob is thriving.
1: Let's get in Rob is.
0: Yeah. Let's get into gear a little bit because there's different gear requirements for the different classes, correct? Yes. So if you were a newbie getting into this and starting in a street class, what's the basic that you need? Or Friday night, uh, you, the Friday night thing too, right? Yeah, if, if you want to come out
1: and, and test anything with the CMTRA, uh, we have a little more safety rules. We are uh, an, an NHRA-sanctioned organization. We're the, the only one in Canada, and I believe we're probably the only uh, standalone drag bike organization that is right now um so we have a little stricter rules because of that so if you want to street ride you need a snell approved helmet uh, um rnec full face helmet uh full leather gloves leather jacket uh, uh, and leather boots over the ankle jeans jeans will work until you're faster than than 10 seconds
0: and then you need leather,
1: and then you need a full leather suit. Um, it's a full zip, full zip suit. It can be two piece, but it has to be a full zip suit. And uh, yeah, that's really the only big change that way for speed. And then the nitro classes, you need your ballistic vest as well.
0: Yeah, the ballistics vest, I I I have friends who wear those. It (laughs) freaks me out every time they put them on. Do they have to have any type of, like, fire retardant in their suits as well for the, like, the top fuel pro drag type guys? Because they're running some pretty heavy-duty fuel.
1: Yeah, so some guys, uh, like, even myself with my gas bikes, I have – A flame retardant cover on my leg on my right leg for the exhaust pipe and that's what all the all the nitro classes anything that shoots big flames on your leg you're probably going to want some sort of heat there
0: (laughs) maybe might be a good idea (laughs) (laughs) again so how do you get how do you get started in this how do you get licensed like how how does that process work
1: uh so like most people most people get started because they know somebody and they get they get in and like myself they start running their street bike and and then progress up but yeah like to get started really you want to get together with somebody that's got an idea knows what's going on can help mentor you and and bring that along and then Yeah. Anybody faster than 10 seconds is going to have to have a valid driver's license to get their competitor license. They will have to make a series of six passes to show competency of that bike and run within a certain percentage of uh, the qualifying field for that event.
0: And then, Um, I'm sorry, continue.
1: Yeah. So that, that is really the the requirement for getting licensed. Um, then the faster pro classes, anything faster than uh, 750. And uh, nitro classes, you need to have a medical.
0: Right, a medical exam, yeah. Yeah. They well also, do they still do the, they're only allowed to run, like an eighth of a mile and then they build up to the quarter for the nitro classes.
1: Yeah. So so any, any class that requires a license, you're going to go out, you're going to show a burnout and then you're going to just leave the line, just show that you can actually leave the line. Uh, Then your next pass, you're going to take it out to 60 feet hard and then coast it through the, the rest of the track Then a 330 pass, a half track pass, and then two or three full passes will get you your license.
0: So that's how you're building your competency to show you can handle your bike?
1: Yeah, it it shows, yeah, exactly. It shows that's how you show the people that are signing off on your license, which will be um, other credentialed license holders in that class either that class or that class of license um then and it's also for safety it's also you know the first time you ride a slick and bar bike uh, nobody's prepared for even a slow slick and bar bike how fast they move to 60 feet and people's hands come off and you don't want somebody that's already unsettled then just going making a full pass and potentially hurting themselves and
0: How long does a license last for? Do you have to license every year or is it every uh, two
1: every years? 2 years? Every
0: 2? Yeah. And yeah, then the
1: license is good for 2.
0: The medical for the like the those nitro folks is that an annual medical or still every two years?
1: Every two. So it has to be presented when you get your renewal.
0: So what happens if there's an incident? Um, I, I mean, there's, I've watched some people ride the wall down the track. <laughs> we'll talk about George Welsh another time cause that was always fun to watch. But what happens yeah. when there's like a major incident? What, what do you, how do you guys handle that? And does that affect their licensing?
1: So yeah, we've actually this year and last year we started. This year we put it in, in writing for the NHRA, a new procedure as far as our, our crash procedure goes. So anybody that anybody now that crashes is going to have to come back and basically they'll still have their license, but they have to go through a, a three-run licensing process so we're gonna want them to come out and just you know do a 60 foot and shake the cobwebs off and then go 330 or half track and just show us that they got their nerves taken care of and
0: can get back into it again yeah the, and the,
1: a that the bike is good again um you know stuff gets stuff gets uh bent and and broken when it crashes and 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 the big thing is like most people that crash end up having nerves getting back on
0: yeah yeah so, sometimes you know sometimes they just yeah. can't do it yeah, or I mean, they think they can and it real they realize maybe not
1: you yeah know, not not all of us are George, George never cared
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is very true George George would ride that wall all day long if he crashed whatever he'll be back the next day you know if, if he could yeah.
1: <laughs> but not, not everybody's built like that. most people end up having some sort of nerves getting back on a bike. <laughs>
0: So you're fortunate to live in the Edmonton area and we have what was Castro Raceway now Rad Torque Raceway. They yeah. still have the Friday night street legals. What do you know about that, that you can help our listeners understand? Cause I would think that'd be a great place to start.
1: It, it is a great place to start. It, it's a bit chaotic. Um, sometimes there's a lot of people flying through, but it is also you know, low pressure. There's no real fans there, <laughs> and it's kind of a, a social thing. Like it's just friends going up and running their cars, so there's no competition pressure really there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great place to get started, learn the ropes a little bit, um, just get comfortable with seeing a tree and and running your bike down down the track uh they're not super prepped lanes usually so there is a difference on a on a race weekend as far as how your your bike will react once once you're on a track that's got a prep surface
0: what is the Um, cost for running at friday night
1: i have no idea
0: neither do i it's
1: it's been so long i'm i'm going to guess it's probably like 25 bucks or something so
0: it's not a really expensive being... way to just come in and try
1: it it's it's not and then like for for us also we have a race school so every saturday morning any new riders to the organization that want to take place in it we run them through we have Uh, A couple people that go out and teach them how to properly stage a bike, how to launch a bike, how do you do your burnout, um, why you do why you do a burnout, uh, all that stuff that, you know, people have maybe an idea, but don't know exactly why certain things happen that you see people doing.
0: Why do Uh, you do a burnout other than a cool smoke show? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it, it's it's all about uh getting your tire to a temperature you like for the track temperature and and how the track per surface is prepped so it, it's not just go do a big smoky burnout and, <laughs> and show off there is a there is a science to it you want you want a certain percentage everybody's different with their tune-up clutching and stuff will make a difference but you're searching for you know a temperature variance between your tire and the track
0: what can fans expect to come out and see if they're heading to a a weekend event
1: uh well lots of fast motorcycles and and fast cars we always we're always pairing with a a bigger faster car event as well now so, yeah, lots of, lots of fast motorcycles, cool bikes, and lots of cars.
0: Any tips that you might want to present to them? It can get a little loud for one.
1: Uh, yeah, ear muffs are probably uh, like some sort of hearing protection. <laughs> and, uh, and the nitro bikes, anything that's nitro will take your breath away. <laughs> and, 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 you know make your eyes water and burn your nose a little bit.
0: I remember kind of when I, exhaust. yeah, when I first moved out here, uh, back way back in 2001, one of my first times out to the track, I was standing somewhere relatively behind a top fuel in the pits and they had <laughs> fired it up to do their little test on it before they took it out. My nose, my ears, my eyes, my throat, like everything I've, I am clear, far away from those nitro bikes from that point on every time they fired up. Cause that's intense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and to give them a little bit of space. Cause when they, when they do have incidents, they, they usually scatter parts by <laughs> farther. There is a reason why that, why the rider wears a, a bulletproof vest.
0: Yeah. Yes, there is. And then the track delay and then you wait yeah. patiently. And, yeah. <laughs> and you hear other racers swearing, but, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's racing. Hurry up and wait. Unfortunately, that's part
1: of drag racing. Drag racing has a lot of downtime, but we also, you know, we're a form of racing where the pits are completely open. So during that downtime, you can go check bikes out, talk to people, every, you know, pretty much everybody is very open and willing to, to talk to people about what they're doing and show people stuff.
0: And yeah, the pits have always been super friendly. Where all do you race now?
1: Uh, So we go uh, RIMBY Edmonton uh, mission medicine hat, Prince George.
0: Nice. So there's still a good circuit going around out there.
1: Yeah. We're, we're talking about going to Saskatoon, maybe.
0: There used to be racing out there, so bring that track back to life. A, a long time ago, there was. Um, they've
1: done a whole bunch of upgrades to it to hopefully make it more suitable for motorcycles. So,
0: What is your website, if anybody's looking for information?
1: It's uh, cmdra.com.
0: That's a pretty easy one to remember. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, people can reach out to you through that website as well, which is awesome. They
1: can. We have Facebook and Instagram as well.
0: Perfect. So So lots of ways to get a hold if anybody's interested. Carl, thank you so much for taking some time for me and uh, helping me explain this last bit of take it to the truck. It's great to have all the components in there now. Uh, to make sure that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or to listen to previous ones, make sure you click on subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast ear your candy from. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest you think would be great on the show, let us know how. Well, you can follow us on all the socials or reach out through our website at ab-amss.org or email at info at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe and think bike. We will see you out on the road.